What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Marin, with another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have creative director, director Nicole Adamo. How are you, Nicole? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of it. How's your day going so far? How are you handling this COVID and everything? Yeah, it's going good. I mean, COVID has been definitely interesting, like especially to the industries that I work across. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're all handling it as best as we can. Yep, yep. Now, break down on who Nicola Adamo is, your star, where you were born and everything and growing up. Yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey, um, in North Jersey, and I really, I've lived in the New York, New Jersey area my whole life. I did move away to go to um, college at the University of Florida, and then I ended up mm-hmm. transferring back my sophomore year, the end of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting as well. But yeah, I'm a New Jersey native and I definitely have a lot of New York, New Jersey yeah. traits in me. So mm-hmm. for the longest time, I thought you were from Florida. Then you moved. Really? To, yeah. For the longest time, I was like, she's Floridian. She has to be because you were going to Florida a lot at one point. And I was like, she's probably from Florida. She's probably a native from Florida. Yeah. So I have some family um, down there, but I also have a condo in Fort Lauderdale. So I mm. try to, I mean, I haven't been in a while, but I definitely used to be down there a lot. Also with work, I had some clients on different teams, um, you know, professional sports teams down there. And also when I was working with the magazines, the office was one of the offices was down there. So that could have been why as well. Okay. Yeah. You worked for a men's health magazine, correct? Yeah. Yep. I did. I think it got bought out now, so I'm not sure what it is now. It's probably men's journal. Yep. Yep. Uh, Now, now growing up in New Jersey and New York, obviously there's a lot of inspiration around, you know, whether it's music or movies or anything. What inspired you growing up? You know, I wanted to, that's why I came home from Florida, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the city and it was like LA just wasn't, I was traveling to LA a lot for work. So it wasn't just it just wasn't me. New York felt very authentic and genuine my whole life, right? I grew up probably 25 minutes outside of Manhattan. So Mm -hmm. I was always in the city. My mom worked in the city. My aunts and uncles, my grandfather owned a huge company that their Mm -hmm. flagship store was in the city. So for me, you know, just growing up around Broadway and that industry, I really, I saw so many opportunities and it was just exciting. I loved anything that was fast paced, my personality has always been very extroverted and outgoing. And so Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. me, I was so inspired by all of that and being around, you know, my grandfather, um, owns Capizio. My family owns Capizio, Mm -hmm. which is a huge dance company. It's an international company. So Mm -hmm. they provide, you know, dancewear for all of the top entertainers in the world. So being around like not just Broadway, but also, you know, they do shoes for Madonna. They do custom stuff for everyone from Jeremy Piven to Mick Jagger. I mean, literally Mm -hmm. everyone, Beyonce, you name it. So it's, I think I was just around it a lot. And I saw my mom in the hustle and bustle a lot. And I just, I was so inspired by the people who just went in every day and had their heads down. And I wanted that fast paced life my whole entire Mm -hmm. life. So, you You know, most people say, you know, LA feels, I love the people, like some of the people in LA, I have a lot of friends out in LA and they keep saying, you need to come to LA. This is where you need to be. And a lot of times I, I do consider it, but I feel like New York, even in its not so glamorous moments, mm-hmm. it's just, that's where I belong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, cause I traveled from, cause I'm originally from the DMV area, like the Virginia area. Well, originally yeah. from, I'm originally from Europe. I'm Albanian, but I actually came here 20 years ago, 21 years ago in, in DMV area, but it's a very suburbs, very like 
corporate, very, you know, very straightforward. So there's no creativity around here. So, but I moved to New York for New York Film Academy in 2011. It was like a hustle and bustle. Everybody's on it. Like it, you cannot sleep in New York. It does not allow you to relax. Even the little kids like on the trains, like selling candy. It's like, okay, if they're doing it, then I must be lazy as fuck. You know, yeah, so that's it, how it, I always feel too. You're never mm-hmm. doing enough in New York, even if you yeah. have, I mean, with me, I do so many different things. You can hear it in my voice. I'm exhausted. I never sleep. I always look tired, mm-hmm. but it's like, that's what fuels me. That's the adrenaline for me is that there's always someone in New York working harder than you. And I know that LA has that too, but it's just, there's an authenticity that like about New York, you always know where you stand with people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because I feel like I, I, I forgot who said this, like a new, uh, how are you in New York actually means how are you? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, how are you in L.A. just says, well, how are you? But they don't really mean it. That's the way I look at it. Because I lived in L.A. as well. And I was like, but I came from a New York mentality. You know what I mean? I went from New right. York to L.A. And people are like, you're too aggressive. You're too you're too out there. And it's like, well, that's the way I I was. You know, I was taught in New York, like that's the way they they do they do things. Like I had a friend of mine, I've said this before, she was like, Hey, do you think I'm getting fat? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you are. And then my other friend was like, That's kind of offensive. I was like, she asked me a question, like, what do you want me to do? Like, that's just that rough and tough. And then she was like, and she was like, but then that kind of led her to like going Pilates and she started working out and she was like, Wow, I look very, very good now. And it's like, well, maybe it was the honesty. So that's that's what I feel. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, that's so true. You know, because that's what I feel like LA misses. Even though LA is very slow, they're very progressive at the same time. I give them that. They're very ahead of things at the same time, like with the technology and everything. Yeah. So totally. Is- I mean, the tech scene out there is pretty intense. And you know, there's a lot of times just I have worked across so many different industries, and I was in fintech for a while as my corporate role, and you know, I mixed a lot of the entertainment with that. And there was always opportunities that would come out. Hey, you should come out, live out in San Diego or, you know, Cupertino and all these different places. And I would go out there and it would just be like something I was so fascinated by, Mm -hmm. but something always pulled me back here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and they also say San Francisco is like a New York version of West Coast. So I've never been there. So I I, want to experience that as well. But uh, moving on, obviously, you've worked in the music industry. Who are some of your like artists that you grew up listening to and inspired you? Oh gosh. I mean, I listened to everything growing up, but a lot of Lauren Hill, this is going to be really strange because people are probably not going to believe it. But even like my mom always had Kenny G on in the house because she wanted me to listen to a lot of instrumentals. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I really did no doubt was a group that I loved because I just thought Gwen Stefani was so amazing, but a lot of really Lauren Hill, I would say when I was younger, it was more influenced by what my mom would listen to. And definitely, um, you know, it was such a wide range, but even as I got older, I think I really started listening to, I would say growing up, like what age range? Cause I feel like I really varied. I went through all the stages, by the way, when you're from New Jersey, you go through all the stages. My mom listened to a lot of um, like different mixed music, but really I grew up on the Rolling Stones. I also grew up on, you know, the DMXs of the world. Mm, so the it was sets, such a yeah. mix that people, yeah, dip set. I mean, everything was mm-hmm. so all over the place. So when I ended up in the hip hop world and knew so much about it, people were like, where did you, where did you come from? Yeah. Like, what are you, you know? 
crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it was the same thing. It's like, because I'm very influenced in hip-hop as well. So, like, hip-hop has a thing. It's like, wait, how do you know about Big Daddy Kane? How do you know about... Oh, yeah, KRS-One. KRS-One. Yep. You're only 30 years old. Like, how do you... Because I studied it. I've, it's I love studying music. I love studying everything. So I'm pretty sure it was the same thing for you. It was like studying the hip-hop genre and everything. Totally. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. exactly what it was. And people mm -hmm. never understand that, right? Because I think people forget that it doesn't really matter where you grew up. I think there are some heavier influences. My mom walked around the house listening to Eminem a lot. like real, and, nice. and I'm like this young kid just singing and rapping Eminem. I knew every lyric and mm -hmm. I... I laugh a lot about it now because people look at my mom and they're like, well, she came from that entertainment industry as well. Mm -hmm. But again, there was everything from Madonna to ACDC to, you know, Mark Morrison and all these different biz Markey. There's just so many, mm, so yeah, many. different influences in my life. And then there was also jazz and blues and anything that inspired artists that we listened to, mm -hmm. you know, at that time, she was making me listen to that. Like, you need to know where this music came from. And mm -hmm. I think Mick Jagger was the best. Um, he was such a good example because I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. And a lot of people, nice. some people know this about me, but a lot of people don't know that about me, like really huge Rolling Stones fan. Right. So um, I, okay. So when I was younger, my father apparently took me to I was three years old. My parents had gotten divorced and my dad was taking me somewhere and he put headphones on me and brought me to, it was not MetLife at the time. It was whatever they called it. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> um, but the stadium, and he brought me to a Rolling Stones concert. I was three years old. And so he said that I always used to sing as tears go by, but my favorite record is Beast of Burden. People nice. get so annoyed. I play it all the time. Nice. But you know, Mick Jagger was influenced by, let's say Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley, Little Richard, all of these different artists, you know, with such a wide range, um, even the saints. I mean, everyone from Freddie Mercury to everyone was so influenced by everyone else. And so I really, I had a very, I would say, impactful musical influence growing up. So you're not even picky with music at all. You're just like, if it sounds good, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, it's got it. I mean, something I think music gravitates towards people. I always yeah. say that. I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just like, oh, you have a type. You, it gravitates to you. And I think music selects us. So for mm -hmm. me, I'm always influenced by a lot of different things. And it's very similar to my personality where mm -hmm. I'm very much so all over the place, have to have my hands in everything. I would say mm -hmm. if there's one type of music, I'm not like a huge fan of Screamo because I don't really like to not <laughs> be able to hear the music. I like to know what they're saying. And for mm -hmm. me, it's just difficult. Maybe my brain doesn't comprehend as fast, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. even country, there are certain artists I love and respect, but I wouldn't go and turn that on first. Like that's not uh, country music gotcha. is not the first thing that I turn on. Gotcha. You gotcha. Know? So, so what about like Nirvana? Because for me, I had trouble listening to Nirvana. Like I couldn't understand the, the Kurt Cobain's words at times because he was always fucked up doing music. So I was like, how, what did he just say there? Like, smells like Teen Spirit. I had to like get older to fully understand the lyrics. Did, do you have trouble with like certain bands like that when you listen to you them? You know, to be honest, I think MTV was so hot at that time. And I always used to, you know, I had a TV in my a little small TV in my room. And so mm -hmm. there were only a few channels and, and MTV was one of them. And at that time, all they played was smells like Teen Spirit and come mm -hmm. as you are. And so I definitely think the punk rock genre was something that, I listened to a Nirvana. Totally. I love, I loved Kurt Cobain and it's the same way. I love like 
you know, David Grohl or Amy Winehouse, right? Amy Winehouse. I loved Amy Winehouse. So Mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain was definitely someone I, I definitely listened to with Nirvana and everything. But at the same time, like you said, you know, for different reasons, probably not always because I could understand the music, but because it made me feel something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nirvana had something. Yeah. You always felt something with Nirvana. There was no way out of it. It's, it's, yeah, it was amazing. But moving away from music a little bit, what drew you to marketing and the whole working behind the scenes and everything? What made you just want to yeah. work behind People the scenes? People ask me that all the time. Yeah. And, and no one ever gets a straight answer. I think you're probably going to be the first person that really gets, you know, <laughs> a, mm-hmm. a straightforward answer. I think I saw my mom doing it, you know, being behind the scenes and, you know, supporting all these artists and not just getting and working on the marketing side of things. I always wanted to be someone who brought brands and experiences to life. So for me, I always gravitated towards making something out of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Or make creating something bigger out of a concept, out of mm-hmm. something that was really small or just like, you know, whatever it is and just taking that and running with it. Mm-hmm. And that that's, again, something that my personality really reflects. Like you could mm-hmm. say something to me and I can tell you a story and then take it to a whole nother place where you're like, wait a minute, how do we even get here? (laughs) But it makes you feel something. If it makes you feel something, it makes you think, then that's always something I want to be involved in. I wanted to be, when I was younger, the three things I always said I wanted to be was a sports anchor, right? Mm. This is so funny. A sports anchor, a weather girl, and an astronaut. And those were the three things I bounced back and forth. And I did start in sports journalism. Mm -hmm. After that, um, you know, it just became, it just happened. I think things fell in my lap a lot because I I was, it's not even right place, right time. It's like I had worked for one thing and then the next thing would come and present Uh, itself, but I still had to work for it, you know? mm -hmm. But it definitely was like, okay, I'm going to present it to you. Now, how are you going to take it off this this plate? Right, right. It was also, it's the art of conversation and the art of just experiencing, you know, one thing you're doing and it's like, wait, like for me, like I'm a photographer, actor, podcaster, music yeah. producer, and people are like, wait, how do you, how do you do some, because one thing leads to another, all of these things connect, podcasts can exactly. connect to any, any type of genre, music can connect to any type of things, you know, whether it's movies, whether it's acting, whether it doesn't matter, as long as they, so from what it looks like, everything that you've done kind of complements each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and then, then you moved in, then you moved in front of the camera and then you, you became a radio personality working alongside DJ who kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, were you, were you nervous at all when you first started doing it? Or was just like, you know, I can do this. This is coming. This comes naturally. Cause obviously you mentioned sports anchor as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I always like was doing things that needed to be in front of a camera. Anytime there was a camera, I would jump in front of it, (laughs) honestly. And it's weird because I also had a little bit of an insecurity. So but my personality always outweighed that. So you never really knew unless you spoke to me that Mm -hmm. I was insecure about certain things. And then when I got into college, I would do some broadcasting stuff. I had started at the magazines. They had me doing a lot of on-camera stuff. After that, I was taking on some professional athletes as clients and I would bring them to the radio show. And one day he was like, sit down. And I already was media trained at that point because I was Mm -hmm. media training athletes to be able to speak and a few entertainers, right? To be able to do the media runs and the press runs and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just stemmed from it. I don't think I was ever uncomfortable, but the day that I showed up to do it by myself, 
not with my client when he was like, I want you to come on Saturday. I had no voice because I had been out drinking the night before with my friends. <laughs> Very irresponsible. I had no voice and I sounded crazy. And so my voice was going up and down, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity. And I thought I blew it because I sounded like mm -hmm. I was going through puberty mm -hmm. and he thought it was hilarious. So yeah, DJ Who Kid is another. He's he's just a he's just a different person as well. He's like a funny character to to. He's just a funny character of all from what I've seen and from what I've heard. So and then you are also a funny person as well on the radio. Like you say some funny shit and it's like, yo, who is this chick? And then <laughs> that's you. when I hit you up. I was like, yo, I gotta actually meet this chick because I like her personality and the way she vibes and everything. And Thank then, you. So you guys complement each other very very well. So which is an amazing to see because not every person can compliment each other like that when it comes to working together in front of the radio it's kind of forced or it's kind of scripted you know what I mean yeah exactly but I will say this in the beginning and I appreciate that in the beginning people were not as welcoming because you have this white little white girl um <laughs> coming on it's like how do we know she knows anything about hip-hop how do we know and it's serious right like you grew up in the suburbs mm -hmm. outside of the city but you weren't in the city you grew up you know people didn't understand i grew up right outside of patterson like there's tons mm -hmm. of culture and influence there mm -hmm. and um you know my father was owned a few nightclubs and he he also he was a DJ. So he had that musical influence as well. Mm. But I think, you know, I had some daddy issues growing up. I wasn't that <laughs> close with him, but mm -hmm. I still had that always wanting to learn music probably because he was doing it and emceeing things. And, you know, you want to make someone proud. You want to be like, I, I need you to pay attention to me kind of thing. So mm -hmm. with who kid, when I got on the radio, people would call me a slut, a whore, say I was sleeping with this, a groupie. And it was, mm -hmm. wasn't until months later when, like you said, people would see my personality and realize like, oh no, she's like legit. She's actually mm -hmm. one of the guys and she really knows her stuff that people started to respect me. And respect is earned, right? You exactly. don't just come in and people go, oh yeah, she's solid. It's like, you mm -hmm. have to prove yourself in a way. And I did that by just being myself. And mm -hmm. it wasn't my job to make other people like me. It was my job to make me like me and hopefully people would catch on to that and if they didn't i wouldn't have been there still you know seven yeah, years now it's yeah. we laugh about it all the time but mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 disgusting those people are just like oh she 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 fucked her way up and it's like oh yeah do you not hear and it's sad and i'd probably be a lot farther if i did do that <laughs> i'm just saying like this industry i would probably be in a lot different of a position but i'm glad mm -hmm. i didn't i'm glad i didn't yeah, take the easy road that. yeah you gotta appreciate it and respect that you know what i mean because it's just, and it's usually the people that have never done this before. Those are right, the critics. Exactly. And it's like, what are you critiquing? Like, do you want to try this? Because it's pretty nerve wracking if you get on the mic and start talking to people, but then you have a counterpart. It's like, oh no, she she does it because she da 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 da. It's like, mm, you got to relax. But your time and your patience and your personality kind of just drew that away. And it's like the haters were like, wait a minute. I can't say shit about her anymore, which is, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. And then uh, you mentioned Cap Capazio, Capazio, Cap Capazio. Capazio, yeah. I say Capazio, but I don't know. The Italian comes out of it. Because uh, <laughs> I used to speak Italian as well when I was a kid. So that kind of just Capazio. Uh, and then being a part of such a prominent brand, you know, for 133 years and working with your mom in, in search of force of her own. What are some things that you've picked up from her working with her in that capacity? 
Yeah. I mean, I did do a lot of, um, before they wouldn't let family members in the fifth generation, cause it is a family owned business mm-hmm. work anymore. So mm-hmm. I had to leave the family business and go do other things. But working with her was so inspiring because, you know, at, at a few times in our life, it was just me and her. And then it was me, her and my sister. And then, you know, I've just seen her do so much on her own and hustle and be independent. And man, that woman's brain, the way it works is mm-hmm insane. She's so talented. And I don't just say that because she's my mom. I say that because I really mean like Mm -hmm. her brain is just wild. And I wish that there were more opportunities for the world to see it and not just the dance and performance world. But she's like me, she's behind the scenes and we don't always want to be on, we don't always want to be center stage. We want to be the one who's helping the talent. And so I always, that's why I was never, I would say I never fell into the groupie category. I never fell Mm -hmm. into the kind of like starstruck category because I grew up around that. And my mom was like, if you treat people with respect and like they are normal people because they are, you'll be way better off in this industry and you'll have longevity. Mm-hmm. And and I did. And I think that's why I continued to kind of pave my own way. But yeah, she, it's been amazing. I'm really fortunate to mm-hmm. have such a strong female influence in my life. Yeah, I mean, I was reading because I was doing the research on, on you and I was like, wait a minute, Capazio, that's a well-known <laughs> fucking brand. She's a wait, yeah. she's related to that? Like, I was shocked for a second. I was I had to pause for a minute. Like, I paused music. I paused everything. And I was like, at all. I was like, wait a minute. That's fucking dope. And then you moved on as an editor in chief for for health magazines. And being that print is kind of dead and everything. Do you still find yourself applying some of the things that you've learned from there, from that in, in today's yeah. market? Yeah, I think I definitely do. Something that bothered me when I kind of left the print industry, I would say like when I was a senior editor, um, I learned a lot from the male influences around me. Mm -hmm. And I was able to take a lot of that into the marketing world because look, it's all about perspective. Now that I have had those years and five years in the print industry, I would say I have so much perspective on how to talk to a journalist because I've been a journalist. I've been writing those stories. I know it's difficult and Mm -hmm. I get it. So yeah, you know, in that capacity, I would say I've taken a lot of that. I'm definitely probably not as good of a writer as I used to be. Um, I'd have to really dust off the old pencil and Mm -hmm. keyboard, but you know, I think sometimes it's like riding a bike. I'm sure I could do it. I don't know if I could ever be the status of editor-in-chief now that editor-in-chiefs are, it takes a lot of consistency. And now that I'm not in that world, um, on this side of it, right, I work with tons of journalists and people um, in that industry and in print. It's sad to see print dying. I Something I've always yeah. loved is to be able to pick up a magazine mm-hmm, and like smell yeah. the pages. That mm-hmm. There's nothing like holding that physical magazine in your hand and also seeing your own work in there is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, having worked with a magazine as well, I worked with Clichéd. And they, yeah. just the whole feeling of like, wow, that's, that's my work in that magazine. It's, and I can touch it. You know what I mean? I can feel it. I can read it in my own hands. I don't have to stare at the screen all day long and fuck up my eyes all the damn time. Exactly. That's yeah. the, that's the bad part about this. The print being dead is like, you're fucking up your eyes in the long run, just by reading everything so digitally and everything is digital now, whether it's social media, whether everything, even your workouts are digital now. It's every, even your, refrigerator, I know. even your refrigerator, your oven. It's like, where's the love for like, I don't want my oven to tell me when my pie is done. Like I want to actually look at it for <laughs> myself. You know what I mean? I want to go in there and be like, Hmm, this is done. 
I don't know. And even dishwashing or like everything is digital and it kind of, it's sad to see, but it's, it moves world faster, I guess. And it makes people lazier. That's what I picked up on. It makes a lot of people lazier. Now, the next question is this, this people have a struggle with this question. If your life had a soundtrack, which three tracks would you pick? Oh, wow. That's such a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, if my life had a soundtrack, what three tracks would I pick? Well, let me turn this around on you first. What three tracks would you pick Uh, and why? And why? Because I think there's so many ways to answer that question. I have to think about this for a minute. Uh, it would be Guru's work, uh, Gangstar's work because of the, the, just the beginning part. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? And that kind of, that kind of, because that's the first question a person asks when you first meet them. Some people are like, what do you do for a living? So when I heard that song, it's like, yo, that's the first, like, that's awesome. And then I have Jay-Z's, um, you don't know. And that I like because Mm. of the lyric in there that says, what you don't know will make your home a permanent earn. And that kind of led me to, you cannot be one-minded. You cannot just do one thing. There's multiple things to do in life. So, and then another one would have to be Nas, um, what was that song? Um, 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 Oh my God, I'm blanking out, but it's, it's from the album it was written. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's hard. That's a hard question. I mean, I'm thinking like, how would I even answer this? And I like the way you answered it. I think for me, it's like all over the place. I don't even know how I would answer that. There's mm-hmm. so many good songs yeah. that represent so many phases of my life. I, mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's what about question. like at, at the moment right now, what would you say you're for, that, what, currently or what you're experiencing in your life? What would you say your three tracks are that like? Ooh, currently in my life. Okay, let's think about this. I can tell you what my playlist looks like right now, but you know what's <laughs> funny? I've been listening to a lot of what's called lo-fi chill and it's instrumental hip hop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think the reason I've been listening to a lot of it is because the silence of that and really just like what it pulls out of you is like really a lot more inspiring than sometimes words. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I always love lyrics, um, and songs for certain lyrics, because like you said, they, they pull out different phases of people's lives. Um, and I don't know, it's, it really feels, it really sometimes feels like just the most perfect time there's a lot of i would say amy winehouse songs that people Mm. are like how could you say that that's you know how could you say that that's something that resonates with you you didn't you weren't a drug addict you didn't experience this and it's like that's not what it's about right Mm -hmm. um i always loved eminem and lose yourself because i always felt like just the the storyline of that can resonate to any aspect of your life and um you know, I don't know. There, there's just so many. So many yeah, there's so can't. many. I don't know that I would have to think about this and get back to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the end. I'm not I sure. Think, yeah, I, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah, and maybe because my life is all over the place right mm-hmm. now, because I'm mm-hmm. so busy all the time that I can't really think mm-hmm. which one would make the make the yeah, best choice. Yeah. I don't want to make the wrong choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it used to be five tracks. And then somebody was like, that's too long. I'm like, all right, I'll drop it down to three. But, you know, sometimes it's like, it's because it's such a question out of nowhere it's like wait a minute that just came out of nowhere unless you have the talking points you will not be able to think of wait a minute i can't just automatically think of this and you're actually like the third person that's like you know what let's get back to that but i never do because it's like the conversation is always so dope but it's like ah, forget that question whatever but it's hard because like you said right 
at different phases of your life, there are different songs that really get you through certain times, right? Mm -hmm. I remember back in the early 2000s off the Stripped album, which was Christina Aguilera, Mm -hmm. there was a song called Fighter. And I was going through some really tough things in my life. And that song, as crazy as that sounds, right? I felt like I was coming out of that. And she was saying, you know, thanks for making me stronger. Thanks for making me a fighter. Thanks for making me a little bit wiser. Um, And to me, it was just experiences that I had gone through. And I felt like Mm -hmm. that song was so powerful. It made me feel Mm -hmm. so good and like I could do anything. And there are so many songs like that and artists like that. I always just feel so inspired. Mm-hmm. And then I, 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 I'm going to skip to not to the Nas one, and I'm going to say Beanie Siegel, the truth. That's mm-hmm. probably that's a good one, yeah. Because there's a line you said it's very ignorant, but it's so like it's like I go home, my wife fussing and bitching, motherfuckers are telling me change your <laughs> life. No, I think I need to change my wife, and that that kind of yeah. made me feel like you know what. Some people just don't get it. And it's like, maybe you need to change people around you because I was going through like a change of like friends and everything. And like, I was like, who who can I trust? Who can I? So even though he's talking about his wife, you could still go back to like my friends. I need to change my friends. It's not, it's not, it could be me, but maybe what if I change my surroundings? It could be different. So yeah. And then I mean, Smells Like Teen Spirit always felt like a song that really um was for the misunderstood if you will and that mm-hmm. so that was definitely a song but i mean a lot of people relate to that song right so. mm-hmm. yeah 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 now <laughs> or lucy you... in the sky with diamonds another one you know mm-hmm. you kind of think of those kind of songs and mm-hmm. you're like but actually the other day i was i was listening to third eye blind which is semi-charmed life and yep. i had it on repeat and i'm just like you know sometimes i feel like I just want a little bit more of a simple life, you know, like you do all this stuff, but it's like, you know, I want something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't know. I really, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I I go back to Metallica. That was a serious serious moment in my life. It's like going through breakups. And so you're feeling angry. You're feeling frustrated. So I'm going to go to Metallica, you know, enter Sandman. And it was just like, what was I thinking? Like I was in high school at the time and it was like 2003, 2004. And I was like, what the fuck was I thinking back then? I was an angry yeah. little kid off a of breakup and I was listening to Metallica and it's just like, like I didn't go as far as like cutting myself. Now that's too far. You know, that's right. just like, uh, but I knew people that did that. And it's like, how could you exactly. do that? Like, why can't you just let Even Drake me- though, right? You think mm-hmm. of the new school kind of music, Drake's been inspired by, I mean, his father was an artist and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like, I, there are so many Drake lines and I, it's funny because sometimes I'll be having conversations and I will quote Drake lyrics and I'm like, holy shit, Nicole, like, what are you doing? But they're so relatable. Mm-hmm, You're like, mm-hmm. this is exactly what I was going through at that time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I still go back to the Jay-Z's you don't know, because it's like the, that line I mentioned, it's like, what you don't know will make your home a permanent. That's still relevant today because I'm doing so many different things. And whenever I feel stuck, I'm like, listen, what you don't know make your home a permanent earn like, i know what let's get back into this let's do it so there's there's yeah. certain there's certain lines that and certain songs that still that are still like in you no matter how old you are so which is oh yeah great. when he says right mommy raise no fool put me mm-hmm. anywhere on god's green earth mm-hmm. i'll triple my, triple worth. my worth i mean that's yeah. the same thing mm-hmm. um even when he what did jay-z say in that story of oj something about financial freedom is my only hope mm-hmm. and and he goes on to talk about all these different things and i, I think about again what things are worth and and you think exactly. i'm bougie but 
you know, this is, I worked for all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm worth all that money. Mm -hmm. You gave me a million dollars worth of game for $9.99. So that kind of thing is like, you know, Jay-Z's a very, like, I proved the world wrong and I'm just going to, now he's more silent about it as he's gotten older. And I feel like a lot of people, because I had a wild past when I was younger, I was very Mm -hmm. rebellious. And I think a lot of people expected me to not go down the path I went down and Mm -hmm. I am really fortunate that I did. So I resonate with a lot of those too. Mm -hmm. And then there's another, going back to Jay-Z, is like, what you don't know, which, uh, not you don't know, um, it's um, what you eat don't make me shit. That is the, mm-hmm. that that line right there is like, listen, I don't care about what you do because at the end of the day, that's not going to make me shit at the end of the day. It's not going to make me go to the bathroom. What you yep. eat doesn't make me shit. So you can keep that to yourself. And I feel like with the social media nowadays, everybody just wants to like, oh, I started a business. I want to show it off. It's like, don't do that because there's a lot of people out there that will, that will just be like, oh, I wish I wish that business failed. So that's why I feel like as you get older, the more silent you get, as you mentioned with Jay-Z. And then yeah. out of nowhere, Jay-Z just comes out of, oh, he did a deal with NFL. Oh, he did a deal with this. You would have never known that had he not said anything because everything is under wraps. So that's that's another thing that social media kind of did. It kind of brought us back to the teenage vibes. Yes. Which is, which is, which is kind of sad to see. So I try to always steer away from like, I'm only going to post like my podcast, but everything else is like under wraps unless I really trust you. And like, you're, you're like, you're, you're like, you know, mean, well, I'm going to tell you, but at the same time, even with that, you have to be kind of careful because some people, I mean, yeah, throughout my career, I've represented and worked with some of the, I mean, people can see on my follower list, right? They see the people Mm -hmm. who follow me. They see people who are commenting on my stuff and they're like, why don't you ever post about your clients? It said like, to me, it's not about the people that I represent, I'm doing the work behind the scenes. Exactly. I'm also a media personality. So I have to keep my lives very separate because I have multiple different things going on. And also I'm not using anyone else's name to get where I want to go. Exactly. I could easily do that and I can make a lot more connections. I don't need to do that. Everything I do is by word of mouth mm-hmm. and just by my own hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't sleep at night. That's why I'm <laughs> up at night making sure things are perfect. And you know, nothing's ever perfect, but I've been really fortunate to meet a lot of awesome people and do a lot of great things mm-hmm. but the the journey's never over we're Good always joke. you know we're nope. always continuing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean yes yeah, and it, it's also like you mentioned like not never sleeping at night now outside of and you wear so many different hats outside of everything else that you do what are some hobbies that you have outside of the entertainment because what are hobbies so, of mine <laughs> yeah i was like that's probably a question that's going to be tough for you because you wear so many different hats and it's it's amazing to see that a woman that's like i can do this shit and i'm still young and i can still do more because i feel like this is the beginning for you yeah you know what's funny that you say that i was i hadn't been dating for a long time because mm-hmm. i am so busy and i don't think it's fair to someone else and a few probably in the middle of the pandemic i was going in the direction of starting to kind of date someone. It didn't mm-hmm. work out because I know that what my schedule is like. I know what their schedule is like. But mm-hmm. he had said to me, you have done so much in your career. And yet I could already tell this is only the beginning for you. Like you're already yeah. 12 years in and this is only the beginning. And he's like, I want to be a part of that every step of the way. And I looked at him and I said, to be honest, you're not even the first person who has said that to me. And I respect it so much, but I'm just glad that everyone else is seeing something that I don't, I'm not even hundred percent sure of all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes, you know, we're our biggest critics, but I look at that a lot and I say, wow, 
this probably really is the beginning, but what the beginning of what? Like what's exactly. next for me? I never yeah. know. You yeah. just don't know wherever life mm-hmm. takes me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you love most about the the entertainment industry and then that you work in? What's something that appeals you the most? It's like, this is why I do this. I think just being able to bring experiences to life and create, I'm a, I'm such a creator, but also because it's, it does a lot of times the roles that I'm in are, I would say they're thankless. They can be thankless, but I think the things that really make me happy are seeing other people succeed from the work that I'm doing and being able to pass that on and, you know, inspire other people, but inspire myself. And I think really what keeps me going here is the fact that I know that my work is never done. And that even when I've hit one milestone, there's the, the friggin', you know, what's, what's it next? called? Yeah. It's like the, the end zone kind of gets pushed back further. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, I might be, I might've just scored a touchdown, but now there's a new end zone. So let's keep going. And how many yards are we going to get? And how mm-hmm. are we getting there? And you know, you, there's all these different players involved. I think for me is that the the industry is so diverse and it's always changing that that get that's really exciting for me mm-hmm. to have it you know something that's constantly changing and that I can evolve with so you don't like comfortability you from what i'm gathering is you hate being comfortable you'd rather work off being uncomfortable and just knowing what's what, what is the next thing to do what is the what's the yeah. next thing? because i feel like comfortability especially as a creative it can it can dole everything like i'm comfortable here like yeah, but there's so much more out there, you know, like go out there and experience more, do something else. Because it's like, I, I do I, like a lot of people that are in radio, for example, like I worked with Jen from BK at Hot 97. She had worked in radio for about 10 years, 11 years. And she was like, I'm so glad I'm out of that shit. I'm telling you that I understand. It's, it was so draining having to deal with, with the summer jam section, having to deal with my own radio <laughs> shows, having to deal with, and I witnessed it when I worked with her in 2017 and 2019 at Summer Jam, I was like, wow, she's running around this MetLife Stadium like there's no tomorrow. And I'm here with the camera behind. And it's like, you know, my feet are fucking hurting. And it's only yeah. been two hours. But I did the whole thing for like 10 hours. And then only one person recognized that. And that was French Montana's A&R person, uh, Zoe. She was like, how long have you been doing this? I was like, all day long. She was like, wow, you must be tired. Like, don't even take a photo of me. Like, go enjoy the show. I was like, wow, I really appreciate that. Like, so that... There's only a few people that can recognize that as well as like this shit can be draining as fuck. But that's also because sometimes you're comfortable and it's like you drain yourself to it because you're so yeah. comfortable and you come home and it's like, I'm fucking drained. Well, get out of that comfort zone then. Do something else. I think everything is draining, right? And it's like mm-hmm. the thing that keeps you going is just knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there isn't always, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a candle and it gets blown out and it's mm-hmm. like, well, I thought that was a light. And it's like, well, there's an electrical failure. So it's really not, you just don't know what's going to happen. I love the unpredictability of the industry I'm in. It's, there are days when I don't like it, but I always love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's That's amazing. honestly what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can always go, if you have talents, you can always go back to it no matter what. Because again, like you said, the industry is a never ending industry. Like, you can go from being a podcaster to, well, you know what? I did my acting skills. Why don't I go back to acting really quick? Let exactly. me try that. It's been a while. and Maybe it'll come natural to me. Who knows? Because sometimes when you're so passionate about something, you get nervous doing it. Like sometimes when I do photography, I get nervous. And I'm like, yo, don't be fucking nervous. This is what you love to do. But if I don't do it for a while and I come back, it's like, yo, the nerves are gone. Because it, some people are just not passionate about it anymore. So it's like, it's just, it's just work to them. 
you know? Yeah, it is. And that's the thing that can be frustrating about the industry is mm-hmm. like everybody, there's a lot of now because of social media, a lot of people, you just never know where people actually are in their career. Mm-hmm. I've had some some roadblocks and detours and some times where I've had to take a step back and reevaluate. It hasn't been, you know, all sunshine and rainbows, nothing ever is, yeah, but there's no. a lot of people who pretend it is. And it's like, mm-hmm. why would you even want to pretend that? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a very fake it till you make it industry, I would mm-hmm. say. And that's mm-hmm. sad. It's like, just embrace that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it fucking sucks. Sometimes yeah. life fucking sucks. sucks. But yeah, exactly. sorry, I don't know if I can curse on this. I'm you so can sorry. Curse. I've been cursing all goddamn day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sometimes it really fucking sucks, but at the same time, like if you really love what you do, it doesn't always feel like work. Most of the time yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, and then when you come back home, like for example, going back, I, I come back to Virginia sometimes like, oh yeah, you, how do you, you're so lucky. You're so, you don't understand. Sleepless huh. nights, yeah. going to 7-Eleven for coffee and donuts, living unhealthy because you're trying to save a buck for the next rent. Yes. You yes. know, and it, it was draining. I was like, oh my God, I'm losing. I went from like 140 pounds to 115 at one point. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I feel like people don't understand what goes into a lot of stuff. But at the same time, I remember in the beginning when I first was still in college, I was taking night classes so I can work full time in the city at the magazines. Mm. I was just so desperate to be like in corporate America. And I don't know why, but I remember my first salary was around probably like $42,000 for the first like three months. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up getting a raise and a promotion, which I was really fortunate because that doesn't really happen. But $42,000, I thought it was like I was making 150,000 like my first year. Like that's what it felt like. And in New York, 150,000 isn't shit. And I learned Mm -hmm. that years later when I'm like making that and I'm like, holy, like, what am I doing here? Like Mm -hmm. how New York rent, people don't understand. And even just over the last few years, I've had conversations about salary ranges and, you know, it's really interesting when you hear or recognize what some companies are paying people in the cities they live in for the work they're doing. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Honestly, corporate America is a scary place because nothing's mm-hmm. fair. And, you know, you don't, it's, that's all I'll say about it. I've had quite a journey through corporate America and mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate to learn from a lot of things. I've seen a lot of good in it, but I've also seen a lot of ugly and I'm not just mm. talking about salary. I've been, yeah. but again, that comes with any industry. Yeah, I've seen a lot of ugly in all the industries. Mm-hmm. I'm really fortunate to be able to do things I love and create. And like you said, this for me, I know that it's only the beginning. There's a lot more mm-hmm. that I have to do. And there's still a lot more I need to prove, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. to other people, but to myself. Yeah. Like I hate some people that are just like, Oh, you're, you're, you're 30. This is it for you. I'm like, yeah, I'm 30. But do you know that the guy that created KFC was 68? Like, Literally. Can you, can you, can you grasp that for a second? Like, look at Morgan Freeman. That motherfucker started at 50. If he came on at that's 50, you, you know, that's like, but do you understand the fucking shit that he had to go through? He hated acting. Like his mom forced him to go to acting classes. He hated acting. He's just like, I, my mom forced me to go to acting. And I was like, really? Like, you really? Because he was a good actor. Like, Morgan Freeman. Is, oh, my God. He's amazing. I love Morgan he's Freeman. A t- he's, he's Jesus. You know? So, it's like, never give up. And the, the industry can drain you. The no's can drain you. People saying no to you. That's another draining thing. That's another, like, confidence. Like, it, your confidence just goes down. Like, nah, I'm not. We're going to work with you. I'm not going to work with you. I'm not going to work. That kind of makes you not believe in yourself anymore. But then it's also the, you know what? A thousand no's is like whatever, but that one yes can bring you so can open so many doors. You know, that's, you know, that's a cliche thing to say, but it's true. 
You know exactly. What I, mean? you I so have, agree. You can have so many no's. I've had so many no's. Like, no, your photography isn't up to par. No. Okay, so what do I need to do to appeal this? Okay, you know what? Let me get some fashion photography in there. Let me do some hip hop photography in there. Let me do this and that. And then now it's appealing to, but guess what? It's too late now because I got a better yes than you. Yep, exactly. Yep. And you know, it's also like, you think of the kids who are making like crypto money and they're mm-hmm. 18 years old and they just made one smart investment off a Reddit thread and they're multimillionaires. You're kind of like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, when it's your time, it's your time. And it's when you time. put in that yeah, work yeah, and yeah. you know, every I dog that. has his day. Every dog has exactly. his day. Exactly. I never dog. count other people's money. I'm always mm-hmm. happy for other people. Um, but I think, you know, you don't want to get distracted by looking at what everyone else is doing. Exactly. What you eat doesn't make me shit. So that's exactly what it goes to. (laughs) Now, having lived in New York and being from New York, I mean, being from New Jersey and New York, uh, most of your life, who do you think is going to win the verses between Dipset and Locks? Dipset. Really? Why? Yeah, because it's a popularity contest. And I think a lot of those people watching don't really know the Locks the way the rest of us do. Yeah, I, I think Dipset just has a little more of a, I would say, popularity with millennials, mm-hmm. not not like us millennials, like the younger borderline Gen Z millennials. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's just my opinion because it's really. a it is it's a popularity contest. Really, because I'm going with the locks. Yeah, well, we'll I, see. Because <laughs> because Jada Kiss is like my top five MC. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we get it, but I'm yeah. I'm not thinking that the rest of the world will get it. Yeah, but we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. Because, I mean, Jim Jones and Styles P are going at it, but it's a friendly it's a friendly <laughs> thing. And it's funny as shit, like, to watch. It's like, Jim Jones this morning was like, wait a minute, Styles P, you're thinking of me as soon as you wake up? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, you know? And, you know, just just keep doing it. Like, I like the aggressive of Dipset, the aggression of Dipset, because of the, who they are, like Cameron, you know? Nah, B, forget that, B. This is, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But then, but then the locks, for, I just like Jada Kiss's wordplay more. Maybe because of their difference, like you said, it's a popularity thing. But if you're a hip hop head, you'd go with the one that's a little bit more lyrical, a little bit more out there. You know what I mean? He, you know, they, they, he did songs with Big, you know what I mean? So yeah. He, he and Versus up- was mega genius. Like, that was such mm-hmm. a great idea that, like, of them doing that. I really thought mm-hmm. it was, I mean, not only just during a pandemic, the timing was so right. Mm-hmm. I just think they've made, such strides for for the industry for the culture for artists mm-hmm. think of the sales you get after exactly. as an artist you're starting to sell you know what i mean you're going back to the top of the charts just because of one night two hours you know mm-hmm. and and it's like with the verses i love the fact that it's one of them is from virginia timberland i love that yeah Yo, tim's like, i mean he's done so much behind he's a behind, mm. he's really a behind the scenes guy as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like yeah people but, don't realize how much he's producing and how much he's invested mm-hmm, in other things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's like dr dre but dr dre is not out there dr dre you just see randomly in the studio but he's not out there as well so you kind of learn to appreciate people like that they're not out there but when they come out it's an effective move like you're gonna you're gonna see it and you're gonna respect it so that's another thing like I, like people don't respect Virginia very well like I don't I don't get it it's like maybe it's because I lived in New York too long but it's like you gotta <laughs> yeah. respect Virginia like yeah Pharrell you have they don't of, get it they don't yeah. they just see these people in LA living in houses yeah. that look like a freaking community college mm-hmm. and they're like yeah they don't understand where these people came from. And that's why I think that the next thing that they need to do is put out a Netflix series and have each, you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. like MTV Cribs, but also like a trip, a documentary. It needs to be mini series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they have little things, but they really need to do a deep dive into history and culture and where people are from. Exactly. Cause it's like, even Sandra Bullock is from Virginia. Like there's yeah, Alan Iverson. Alan Iverson's from Virginia. Like what's his, what's his name? Vince, uh, Michael Vince Vaughn. Oh, no, Michael no, Michael Vick. Vick. I was like, yeah. Vince Vaughn. No, 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 no. But it's like, even, even growing up here, I was like, wait a minute, he's from Virginia. And I was like, yo, we have some fucking talent around here. And then, cause I was, you know, growing in the suburbs and like corporate and living in the DMV area, it's all about, oh, data centers and internet. And it's like, oh, it's just kind of boring. Like there's more out there to it, but it, it, you kind of learn to appreciate that. Uh, now moving on, you also work closely with many athletes, as you mentioned, and who are some of your favorite teams and athletes growing up or right now? So growing up, I would say definitely Joe Namath, Deion Sanders, um, mm. the Patrick Ewings, Larry Bird of the yes. Michael Jordans of the world, Dennis Rodman, top, top three of my really? favorite apps. I love Dennis Rodman, not just for, you know, Scottie Pippen, but like, I love the bad boys era. That was like really <laughs> as weird as that sounds very impactful. I also watched a lot of WWE when I was younger. Mm. Oh, nice. I don't know what my deal was, but I was very, again, um, connected to more masculine things. And then I would say now, you know, the Patriots, the heat, the Houston Astros, um, definitely like the Yankees cause being from around here, but I, you know, grew up with family who played for the Astros. So that was mm. something that was really, I always loved the Astros and, you know, I wasn't a big hockey fan. I wasn't big into soccer. Now I respect it a lot more than I did. I love watching women's soccer. I think they're just so talented. I love the WNBA. So Cheryl Swoops was like mm-hmm. huge for me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, those are the kind of people who really inspired me and made me just, I, I love sports the way yeah. that I love them, you know? You mentioned WWE. Were some of your favorite athletes like like Brave, Brave Haven Hart? Or stuff like that. I loved like Norman Smiley. I loved Tess mm-hmm. and he died. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was crazy. But I loved, I mean, Chris Jericho is a friend of mine. He, I've had him on the show a few times. He's mm-hmm. great. There, you know, now the talent is so crazy. A really good friend of mine, Big E. I mean, I just respect the hell out of what they do and, mm-hmm. and what they put their bodies through, but they're, they're amazing. And also, you know, um, it's... <sighs> It's just a lot of, (laughs) it's a lot. It's a lot to be able to do what they do. I love Mm -hmm. Stephanie McMahon because I think she's, she's someone who came up in a family business and just owned it. I mean, her and Triple H, I used to hate Triple H when that whole (laughs) test wedding thing, because I didn't know it wasn't real. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, now I look at him and I'm like, he's a fucking powerhouse. And I've met him and her on multiple occasions. They're just the nicest people. They're so great. And Mm -hmm. I love what they've done with the WWE. So did that affect you when you were like, this shit isn't real? Did that kind of, because I know I it don't know me. a little bit maybe, but I was like, okay, thank God. I don't have to hate Triple H now because, you know, he totally drugged Stephanie McMahon and brought her through the little white chapel. Like that whole mm-hmm, skit mm-hmm. like killed me. I was devastated. I like wouldn't come out of my room for a week, but I think, you know, it's hard. It's really it's hard to say. I don't really remember because I was always yeah. all over the place. I'm sure one thing you know, one thing always kind of distracts you from another. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure I was quickly distracted. I loved like gymnasts, like Dominique Mociano. People don't even Mm -hmm. like think back that far, but um, I really, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Holy fuck. You took it way back. Yeah. Yeah. She was 
insane. So, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned you're a Yankees fan. So I kind of, I'm a Red Sox fan. So I'm kind of nervous to go to New York with a re- with a Red Sox hat. I'm always. Um, nervous. I live in New York. I'm a Patriots fan. Do you know what that's like? People hate yeah. me here. People yeah. are like, go back to Boston. And I've only been to Boston twice, and I love Boston, but mm-hmm. I've just always been a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Brady leaving? I was upset, but I think I knew what he was going to do and what he wanted. And, um, I respect it. You don't, we never know what goes on. And I guess just from being in the industry now for so long, I understand how contract negotiations work. I understand it's tough for all, you know, all Mm -hmm. parties. And, um, I think you got to respect Tom Brady for what he's done and who Mm -hmm. he is and as an athlete, but also as a human. So I, you know, of course I wasn't happy to see him go, but you got to respect the man. He's Tom Brady. He's actually going for two more because he was like, I want to have nine and I want to have one finger for my wife's ring. So I like, love that. I love like, that. Yo, that's fucking awesome. And he's going to do it. Like something tells me like you're going to. Oh, pull he it will. Off. You're going to pull it off because you brought back Gronkowski. That was your. He might, I wouldn't be surprised if he brought back Edelman and Amendola at some point. Really? Yeah, that is true. I didn't think of that. That's crazy. Yeah, because he just has that. He's a nerd. He's a nerd when it comes to this football thing. He's not flashy. He's not. He's just a nerd about it. And he's married to a beautiful woman as well. So it's like, and he's got beautiful kids as well. So it's like, I stay in my own lane, but I'm going to get these fucking rings. I don't care who the fuck you are. And (laughs) you got to admire that, that, that like admiration. Cause he was the first quarterback I watched win a Super Bowl in this rookie year when I moved to America. That was the first football player I witnessed. And I was like, yo, this guy is insane. And I became a Ravens fan out of nowhere. I was like, oh, wow. That's so different. Yeah. Cause Ray Lewis. I'm, oh, know, the yeah. D, the DMV yeah. area, the DMV area. We have the <laughs> Redskins and, and we have Baltimore Ravens. I was like, man, fuck the Redskins. I'm going with with this guy, Ray Lewis. He's tough. And he was going through like a murder charge at the time. I was like, something about him is just like he's on and off. He's hard. Court. I know. Yeah, I yeah. always say that. I always yeah. think about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, you can't fight like the murder charge, whatever. But then like, look at him on the field. Like he, he won. Incredible think, athlete. Mm-hmm. He thought, he, I think he won two generations. With Super Bowls. I think he won with the first generation of Ravens, which is in 97 when he formed. And then again with the next generation in like 2013 when the lights went out against 49ers. Yep. I remember which, that. Which I feel like that was a cheat thing because I feel like 49ers had that in the bag. But then the lights went out and then it's like Ravens came back and just took that. And I was like, oh, I don't <laughs> know how I feel about that. That one I'm iffy about. So. But um, now Bodies Against Bullying Foundation, elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah. So uh, growing up, I honestly, like I said, I had some insecurities and I wasn't always the nicest person. I definitely was friends with everyone. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. matter who you were, but I had my own insecurities. And I think, you know, I had people around me who kind of put some of those things in my head while I had my family who was really supportive. I, I got caught up in a lot of catty things growing up and I'll never say, I'll never omit that part of my story, you know, when talking about growing up, because we all have to come. I feel like we all have to come to terms with like even the negative in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't always the nicest person, but as I got older, I really was always, 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 always kind Mm -hmm. to everyone. And I really valued the importance of that because people weren't always kind to me. And I sometimes was not kind back if I was having an insecure moment, you know, like someone's your boyfriend's cheating on you with a girl, you start taking it out on the girl. Like I, those are the kind of situations, not anything else. Like I was always 
nice to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, there were one-offs like that where I was like, holy shit, I was really evil, you know, over a guy over this. And again, that Mm -hmm. goes back to kind of having some daddy issues and (laughs) wanting that, you know, wanting that attention of a male figure. And so, Mm. and it's not something you blame, but it's something that really, it's just the truth. Mm -hmm. So I took a really strong interest in kind of self-love and also, bullying and anti-bullying. And so when I started doing research, there was a girl from probably back in 2013, there was a girl who jumped off the George Washington bridge because of something that one of her friends said, and she left a note. They were calling her a slut. Something happened. And I remember being in a similar situation, feeling like, Oh my God, everyone's talking about me, you know, and saying I'm this and that. And I was like, it's the most devastating feeling when the people you think you can trust are talking about this. And look again, we've all had our moments of not being so kind, but it's like, Mm -hmm. these are people who are supposed to be supporting you and your friends. And she left a note in her, in her wallet on the bridge and they found it and it was really sad. And so it, it, she was from around here and I live by the George Washington bridge now. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, and I lived at that time, I I lived close by. So it really was something that hit me because she was my age and like at 23 years old, feeling like you have to end your life because you just don't feel good enough for the people around. And it, it hit me and I wanted to make an impact. So I did. And, you know, I've been trying to restructure it over the last few years. It's hard to run an event and anti-bullying is way under leveraged as far as like a speaking topic. People don't give it the platform that it deserves and needs and don't understand the importance of it, but it's something I hold near and dear to my heart. And I really do my best to always be kind and understanding and, um, you know, spread that and that message all the time. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've had that foundation for quite some time now. And if I've even helped five people, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. I know I've definitely helped a lot more than that, but you know. Cause you never know, like the person is being bullied, who knows what they're going through at home. Exactly. You know, kind of, and and I've time. experienced that. I've you know? totally been on both sides of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I write, I definitely, as I got older, when I was in college, went back to that like high school situation that I, the one that really resonates me with me the most. And, and I made right with that person. And I, I sat down with the girl as an adult and we both kind of laughed because we were both the same way to each other over a guy. And it's like the things that we said were, I wasn't raised like that. So I remember having that conversation with her and we, you know, being on the phone and I was walking around the city and she was working in the city too. And, you know, we made amends and I always felt you know, like that was an important time in my life that I can't ever Mm -hmm. forget because Mm -hmm. we have a long way to come. And I definitely have come a long way since then. Yeah. Yeah. I I was the same way in Albania. Like I was a little rough around the edges and I remember I met my friend 10 years, like 10, it was 10 years later. Yeah. 2009. And he was like, you see this scar in my eye? I was like, yeah, you did that. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I did that shit. He's like, oh my God. Yeah. But you know what? This always reminds me of like, yo, like I had to be tough. I had to like, because he was a nerdy looking kid, but he was always talking shit. So I was like, man, fuck <laughs> that. So in Albania, it's like, you can't do that. It's like, you're either going to get beat up really well, or somebody's going to throw a rock at you. And then there was another girl who like took a dump in front of my aunt's, my dad's aunt's front oh, step. Oh my God. And I saw that and I was like, wait a goddamn minute. Oh, hell no. So I grabbed a rock and I hit her. And apparently she grew up to be like this beautiful model, but she had that scar in her. So I always go back to that. I'm like, wow, what a dickhead. So, but then that kind of made me learn to be quiet and more observant of people and learn to read people and get to know them first before you start to judge them. Yeah. We've all had those moments. I mean, anyone who says they haven't made fucking huge mistakes in their life is 
I want to talk to them because I would yeah. <laughs> I would like to know how you did that, how you went yeah. your whole life. The person I am today is so insanely different yet has so many similar qualities of that person I used to be. The good mm-hmm. qualities I think are just elevated now and the bad qualities, mm-hmm. I've done so much work on myself and it takes a lot to be able to admit, right? Self-awareness is a really hard thing, but I've mm-hmm. had this really, I would say vivid journey really complex Mm -hmm. journey, but Mm -hmm. I'm so fortunate that I did that people brought it to my attention that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't let my emotions get the best of me that I Mm -hmm. realize what's worth fighting for or over and what's not. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was also young. I was also young and I was going through a lot. I had family shit. People think, oh, you must have had like a great upbringing and not that I didn't, but I went through shit just like everyone else did. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of issues go on. I saw a lot in my household and I am only better because of it. We experienced hardships. I wasn't someone who was spoiled. People say, oh, you, your family owns this huge company. Do you know what comes with, with businesses like that? Yeah. Our family has fought so many times. Our family has gone through ups and downs financially. Like it's not just, again, sunshine and rainbows every day. Yeah. All that glitters isn't gold, but you become stronger because of those things. You can't yeah. get to where you're going without remembering where you've been. Exactly. Especially the environment that, that you grew up in. That's that that can that also dictates a lot of things. Like my, one of my friends was like one of my friends said to my other friend is like, you're rich as hell. He's like, no, I'm not rich. My parents are exactly I'm a completely different entity from my parents. Like I want to actually learn to live regular life. I want to actually live the life and learn regular and not be closed in and be spoiled. Because if you're always if you're always kept inside of a house or, you know, controlled, and when you grow up and it's like so many things come in front of you, especially in New York City, like New York City, oh, yeah. you walk out of the door, you see five million things at once. Totally. And, and was, there's a lot of influence, both mm-hmm, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like you go on the subway track, like I, I witnessed a, a crackhead going to school, shooting up heroin and he was just looking at me and I was like, holy fuck. Like, and I'm going to a nice New York Film Academy school and it's like, yo, the environment is a whole different vibe than the location I'm going in right now. So totally. it, it, the environment it, you have to know it's where you're from and how you learn, but you learn to be quiet as you get older, when you go through the environment, learn to observe. And then like my, I, I used to, when I go back to Albania, like, yo, you used to be so talkative. Why are you so quiet? It's like, cause I'm, fu- I'm fucking seasoned now. And yep, especially, exactly. especially, especially you, like you seem like you're seasoned. You know what I mean? You've gone through so much shit. Yeah. Regardless of what your family did, you had your own personal life. You had to deal with the other people that were not in that same level. So you kind of had to go in their level and kind of be like, I need to understand what they're going through, which made you seasoned and smarter and, you know, more active. And now look at you like doing a million things at once. And it's like, this is what I love to do now, but it's completely different from what your family did. You know what I mean? Totally. So, yep. I agree. Yeah. But now also, I mentioned that you're a Jersey girl and everything. Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Because that was a big thing. Oh, my gosh. How could I not? Yeah. I'll always watch The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. So did you? Sopranos but, is like my top two. Really? really. What do you love most about it? Obviously, the mob and everything. But, what, you know, what? James Gandolfini was so fucking epic. I mean, he was one of my favorite actors. I would say I actually told someone this the other day. They were like, who's your favorite actor? And I said, I would say if I could rate my favorite actors dead and alive, James Gandolfini is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger, right, in The Joker. 
um, you know, there's certain characters that like you can't get out of your head. And yeah. James Gandolfini, what he did with that role, it was just, yeah. I've watched that series at least four times over. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. love that series. And also I live around most of those places. The sushi restaurant they used to eat at was filmed at Nori in Wayne, where I grew up. And then, um, you know, Bada Bing is down probably 15 minutes from me, which is satin dolls. And so I have a t-shirt that I just bought from Barstool that says Bada Bing. I love it. And yeah, like there's a lot of really iconic places, the parkway, Mm -hmm. the, the turnpike, it's all these different things. I know where so many places, you know, and we would see them filming. It's, it was really, Mm -hmm. I grew up right there in North Jersey where they were filming. So it was, it came out when I was growing up and you know, I come from a big Italian family, so yeah. I get it. <laughs> like I have a lot of really yeah. Italian friends. Let's put it that way. So mm-hmm. I, we get it. We laugh a lot about it, but yeah. it's such Appar- a great series. Apparently the house that, um, that they shot in apparently was similar to the actual mobster that they based the Sopranos off. And he was like yeah. a Philly mobster. And apparently the restaurant that they were in, the real restaurant was across the street. So, because I was watching, because I love watching mob documentaries. I'm all about the mob. Like, I love the history of it. Lucky Luciano and all of that jazz. Like, I love it. I love it. And then one of the documentaries was like, yo, there was a dude on the phone. He's like, what the fuck are these guys trying to be? They're trying to be us? Are they trying to emulate us through this (laughs) fucking show? And I was like, holy fuck. That's that's interesting to see. And the, the interesting part about it is James Gandolfini passed away the same way as Lucky Luciano did. Yep. On the way he, in the car, his heart gave out. Yeah, he was the in way, Italy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm that's the and it, same thing with Lucky Luciano. He was on his way to America to work on the movie about his life. Wow. It's fucking insane. You have to ask yourself too, like, how did that happen? Yeah. Is it like, coincidence? Is it, you know? Could it be like you? It's just I don't know. It's you don't a, know. It's a mysterious thing. And the thing about the Sopranos is like you mentioned James Gandolfini went to therapy because of that role like that he was that role he became that person Mm -hmm. and they even said i watched some documentaries as well that he was scary on set because he is a method actor and they become that role it's like heath ledger in the joker they said he was that guy like after that role really changed him and he became that person it's i also think about meryl streep in the devil wears prada i mean she nobody could have played anna wintour or a character similar to anna wintour the way meryl did and i've met meryl Mm -hmm. twice and i love her Mm -hmm. she's wonderful but like you're just like holy shit like you know (laughs) she's a good actor when you meet her in person and you're like that's not even who she is like that's wild it's crazy are you are you excited for saints of newark I am. I want to see it. I think it's great that they included his son. That's why I'm really, you know. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's based on, it's not even based on the um, um, the son or the, the young soprano or the, the father. It's based on um, Christopher's dad. Oh, Mont- really? Yeah, it's based on Moltisanti apparently. And I was like, really? That's got to be interesting because Dickie Moltisanti is based on him, the dad. Yeah. So it's like, holy fuck, that's going to be interesting to to watch. But I'm wondering when that's going to, I think that's going to come out end of, end of the year. I think HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, End of the year. HBO does really good work. I have to say. Mm -hmm. They never fail. Even when you think they're going to fail. Entourage. I mean, they come out with everything good. Mm -hmm. Like when The Sopranos ended, Entourage started. When Entourage ended, uh, Boardwalk Empire started. You know, I never watched Boardwalk Empire. Everyone really? tells me I should get into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. What? Wow. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good. That's a really good show. Like at first, it's kind of like Steve Buscemi as a fucking. I don't know about that. 
it kind of threw me off. Like the first three episodes, he kind of threw me off, but then you kind of get to know the characters a little bit. And it, it's very, it's very, it's the 1920s, obviously. And apparently that was the most expensive pilot ever shot because they wow. wouldn't give, they wouldn't give Martin Scorsese the right to shoot in Atlantic City. Of course so not. He said, so he said, fuck it, I'm building a boardwalk right in Brooklyn with CGI. So it was done in, uh, I think it was done in Coney Island. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. That's amazing. And I should start watching it. Definitely, definitely watch it. Like it's violent, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, there's a lot more convert. There's a lot more dialogue, but when the violence hit, it's violent. Like, holy wow. fuck. Like it's, you know, Terrence Winter, you know, he did the Sopranos, you know? Yep. And then you, Mark Wahlberg, he's involved in that as well. Scorsese's involved, obviously. So it's like, I like Ter- Ter- Terrence Winter. Like, I like how he's always active with the HBO and he's always, even Ballers. He was active with Ballers as well. Which is like, yeah, that's, from- I, and you know, I never watched Ballers and everyone told me I would like that too. I don't get a lot of time to watch TV, but when mm, I do, yeah. I end up rewatching like Sopranos and Entourage and even Sex in the City. I don't know why I have this like affinity for Carrie Bradshaw because she was a writer. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting when you mentioned Sex in the City. Uh, I remember I met this one girl and she was like, when I moved to New York, I always thought it was going to be like Sex in the City, you know, glamour. Yeah, it's not. It's, <laughs> I hate uh, to tell you it's absolutely fucking it's, not. Uh, it's fucking not. Like for me, New York City, and people get thrown off with this. New York City has a third world mentality, but with money. Yes. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's, it's really it's true. It's the same. That's why, I, that's why I was like, yo, you belong. And people thought I was from New York the whole time. I was like, no, I'm from Albania. It's just the mentality is the same shit. Like rough and rugged. Like I used to walk very slow in New York. I'd be like, hurry the fuck up and walk. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, move on. <laughs> like, and then Funny. you can't bring that energy in Virginia. That's just not going to fly. It's like at Starbucks when you stand in the line, it's like, hurry the fuck up. Jesus fucking Christ. I used to say it out loud and people would be like, Who the f- what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh shit, I got to tone it down. And that's, that's the thing about traveling so much is like you have to, you learn to appreciate different styles and different, but you also have to be accustomed to it, which is very tough for some people. Like you can't bring that in the corporate, in the corporate state, that New York rough, rugged, like, fuck you. You can't do that. You'll, you'll get shut down really quick. Yeah. I think it's, it's evolving a lot. I think corporate, as far as that, it's definitely changed. You can be your authentic self, but there's still a lot of parameters that you have mm-hmm. to stay within. And that's why it's annoying. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with what you're saying completely. It's it's like a third world country with, a, with an attitude and it's like, but with money, that's the way I view New York. I've always viewed it that way. So it's always, I, when I come to New York, it's like, okay, put on that New York vibe right now. Just right as soon as you get on this bus, <laughs> yeah. put it on like, fuck the suburbs you're in new york now walk fast even like walking fast i walk super fast at walking slow i do my feet start to hurt yeah I no i hear you on that too yeah i cannot walk slow i'm pretty sure yeah like you said you you pretty sure it's the same thing for you because you obviously you're from there but i can walking like why are you walking at the mall so fucking fast like relax like, my feet won't fucking let me it's just my feet are just telling me go 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 but yeah like i do two hours of walk a day two hours every single wow. morning i just walk around and my pe- people in the neighborhood are like why don't you just run i'm like no I'm no i don't like running <laughs> i don't like no, running at all no i'm not gonna run because I'm, I'm i don't need to run like i'm just gonna walk this fast two hours in the morning and go from there like walking really fast uh but now towards the end of the podcast i have these 10 questionnaires that i got from inside the actor studios yeah as I, as I honor james lipton and uh i'm pretty sure you've watched the show as well what show uh, inside the actor studios. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I kind of honor James Lipton because he passed away like two years ago. So I kind of honor him and I love that show. And uh, the first question is, what is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word is probably my favorite word to hear or to say. Both, whichever. My favorite word to hear is yes, because I don't hear it a lot. But I think my favorite word to use is definitely. Hmm. I don't know. I use a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> I use, this is really great. Okay, hold on. This mm-hmm. is really great. I love that you're asking this and putting me on the spot. I'm usually mm-hmm. quick on the spot, but again, I'm on no sleep. I think my favorite <laughs> word to use is probably, hmm, that's a hard one. Maybe, may, actually, I like saying yes too, because I think yes can make a lot of people happy. Mm-hmm. So I think the word yes goes for both answers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what turns you on in life? People being inspired. I think people, when other people are finding something that inspires them, that turns me on. That makes me excited because mm-hmm. when I know that I'm not the only one who gets inspired by things, I don't like seeing, I think my the biggest turnoff for me is just seeing people con- complacent. Like complacency mm-hmm. is just makes me so turned off. Mm-hmm. And that was the next question. What turns you off in life? I think also like a misplacement of ego too. Right. Yeah. Yep. What sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Mm. People usually say birds in the morning. I'm like, that's a joke. Oh God, no, I hate that. I don't <laughs> like the birds in the morning. What noise do I, this is really good. I love these questions. Um, Noise in the morning. I would say, I mean, noise in the morning. What <laughs> noise do I love? I, hmm. I love the noise of my car starting because my car's fast. So it has a nice mm. engine. And I love mm. when I, I feel so powerful when I, when <laughs> I start my car, even if I'm having a shitty day, I can get in my car. And if I rev that engine, I'm like, yeah, okay, you're going to mm. be fine. And then add some music in there. And it's like, yeah. Like, Perfect. What sound or noise do you hate? Okay. So this actually happened yesterday. I hate the noise when you're driving in certain towns and it's like a full city, like some kind of alarm and you don't know where it's coming from, but it sounds like the purge. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It scares the shit out of me. I don't like it. Especially at night too. Yeah. I happened last night. I was driving and all of a sudden it was like, it was like, I don't even know how to make the noise but it was i don't know if it was a tornado watch or whatever but it really sounds like the purge and it's loud and it's obnoxious and i don't like it (laughs) what is your favorite curse word i think i say fuck a lot Mm -hmm. i do i say fuck a lot (laughs) that's the new york in you that is the new york in me yeah that's gotta be it yeah fuck motherfucker fuck yeah i'll be like what the fuck yeah yeah (laughs) what profession other than your own would you like to attempt you don't want to know my least favorite curse word? Oh, wow. What is your, yeah. What is your favorite curse word? Wow. Sorry. No, my least that. favorite. Yeah. What's I already told favorite? my favorite. My yeah. least favorite is the C word. I can't stand. And so many people love that word. It makes me cringe. Because mm, it's not a part of the, the Lipton question. That's why it's like. Yeah, no, favorite? I just yeah, added yeah. that one in there for you. Nice, <laughs> nice. You know what? I'm going to add that in there. What's your least favorite or least favorite? I hate it. It's so mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for putting me on the spot, by the way. I love this. This is like, yo, yeah. motherfucker, what about the other one? 
Yeah. I, I know. That. No, it's, you know, sometimes you got to think outside the box. I feel like mm. I'm actually having a hard time with this. I'm usually quick on my feet, but mm-hmm. when I think about like, you know, okay, what's my, what sound do I hate? What do I, you don't think about these things. You don't yeah. stop to think about these things every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. Um, I mean, I would love to be an astronaut. I still think that's like the coolest, but, but I think something a little bit more, if it has to be something quote unquote down to earth, like something on earth, I would say maybe a marine biologist. I love the ocean. Yeah. I love the ocean and I love like saving the planet. So, so you always get excited when you go to Florida because it's like the beach. I love anything in the water is good by me. (laughs) What profession would you not like to do? You know, this is going to be, this is going to be not so nice, but I don't mean it this way. I don't think that I would want to be a teacher because it's a thankless job and they are so fucking important. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not why they do it, but I know how frustrating it is. Teachers are, and I'm going to speak for all teachers. They're underpaid. They deserve a lot more respect. I mean, I wouldn't be half the, I wouldn't have done half the things in my career if it weren't for certain teachers and professors I have. So I don't, it's not that I wouldn't want to do it. It's that I don't think that I could because I would, it is, it is so difficult to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. I it's, also don't think I'd want to cut hair because I think I'd be bad at it. So maybe that's it. <laughs> so you never attempted to like, try to like maybe cut your hair at some I point? I have. And that's why I don't want to do it because I, <laughs> it hasn't turned out really good. Really well. Uh, and then the last one is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I love that. Um, I would say there's a few people who are going to be really excited to see you. Hmm. You know, like there's my grandmother and just people who friends that have passed on, I think, you know, or, or something along the lines of there's a few people waiting to see you, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that, just something comforting and welcoming. That's like, yeah, the, Mm -hmm. this is the new party, the next level of party. Mm -hmm. And, uh, any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs and where can they follow you on the social? Yeah. Sorry if I was all over the place. I get excited when I talk to new people. So I really appreciate it. Um, I hope that you learned a little bit and that I didn't completely bore anyone. Nope. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot. I appreciate it. And yeah. also, yeah, I, I really hope people take the time to listen to all of your podcasts because I think that I'm going to go back and listen to a bunch of them now because I want to see how other people answered all these questions. (laughs) I feel like I, as self-aware as I am, I feel like I struggled on a lot of your questions Mm. because it's hard to really think when you're running other people's lives, you don't really stop and smell the roses and think Mm -hmm. about what, how would I answer these questions? So I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you for, 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 you know, you said you were like, you haven't had any sleep. So for taking the time <laughs> to do this is like, I got to respect that at, at a thousand. You know what I mean? I really, if you listen it. to it and you hate it, I will, I no, will agree no. to redo it next week if you want. No, actually, this is probably <laughs> what we spent like an hour and 20, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. This will probably be the least edited podcast ever. Really? To be honest, because it was, it was, it just flew very well. Like, and I edit a lot of them because a lot of people get thrown off with questions and then they stumble and I have to like that big gap that's on the audio. I have to like put it together and it's like, uh, I know, I'm sorry. It's okay. No, you never, you didn't do that. You didn't do that at all. You did not do that. So yeah, this conversation really flew. So this will probably be 
I'm probably not even going to edit this. Maybe do the adjust the volumes a little bit, like to make it a little bit louder and stuff like that, because it is via Zoom. So Zoom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom tends to kind of lower the fucking volume, which I kind of hate. So that's the only thing. So I'll probably be done with this by tonight. The editing. Oh, Not great. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. All right, guys. This is another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast featuring Nicole Adamo. Peace. Thank you.